All right, incredible episode today we've got for you guys. This is episode 137. I've got a guest co-host that I've got to give a special introduction to, and I've got a very special guest that is coming up. Let's do this. Let's get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight Insight Podcast. Regular co-host Rain Crew, she is not available today, so I've got to do two introductions. My first one is for my amazing guest. Our guest today is a 10 and 4 pro MMA fighter who recently went viral for delivering some bloody karma at the Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA Dos Santos versus Verdum card. It's the whole reason I watched this event. His poise and composure shown before, during, and after the fight was almost as impressive as the ferocity and violence he brought inside the cage. From his gym in Florida, it is raining a storm out there. Everybody, please welcome to the podcast, Joey El Cazador Ruque. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here. What's going on, Joey? There's a storm brewing outside for you, my friend. Yeah, Dan, this is not FPM weather. This is just random shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Joey, I need to introduce a very special guest co-host for you today. My normal guest co uh, my normal co-host, Rain, uh, is very upset that she could not be here today because she was so excited to meet you. She unfortunately could not make it. I had to call in a ringer for you, my friend. You are a bare-knuckle MMA fighter, so I needed to reach out for the best. I looked back through my catalog. I found my good friend, former guest of the podcast. She is one of the baddest women on the planet. She is a bare-knuckle champion. She is the strawweight BKFC champion, social media influencer extraordinaire, Britain Hart. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Britain, what's going on? Oh, man, just pumped, pumped to be here, to step it up, always leveling up, going from guest to coast. Super excited to meet you and hear your stuff. Definitely get you on the Florida shenanigans with the rain. If you're a Floridian, you know what's up. It rains. It's sunshine. You go with it. Roll with the punches, right? Right. <laughs> Joey, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. My friend, you are very calm in demeanor. And I realize this. Uh, is that just who you are always growing up? I saw, I saw you mention something about how you've matured as a, as a man, as a fighter, as a father. Is that is that coming with the territory? Um, it just I would say I used to be a very aggressive person. Uh, I would act on emotions a lot. Actually, my world, my first world title fight, I got knocked out and uh, was due to not controlling my emotions. I let anger get involved and I tried to brawl with a guy I shouldn't have been brawling with. And from then on, became the journey to. Uh, controlling my emotions and it wasn't just in the cage it was controlling my emotions as a father as a husband and then it all blended together as an athlete as well yeah that's awesome man that's wonderful there's a, actually a question i've been asking some of my guests recently i fight with people all the time online joey because you know people love to send me the clown emoji because of my thoughts you know and uh right. people were comparing pro fighters pro athletes versus prize fighters and when i there is a big difference can you explain that because some guests have said no there's not some people you know so how do you see yourself and what do you see as the difference there um 
I I fight purely for like I just love to fight. You know, I love the respect I get out of it. I love how people see me differently. Uh, I don't feel invisible. You know, um, prize fighters. You know, they, they like to fight for the money. You know, it's easy for them to just go in, get in, get out. You know, rack up, say whatever they want, talk a bunch of crap, get a bunch of views. You know, I mean, there's no respect. They don't care what boundaries they break. You know, it's all about the money, you know, versus the love. Yeah, nice, man. I like that. So you, of course, and if I have to ask the question, you see yourself, obviously, as a professional athlete. Absolutely, man. Um, If you give this, what, say 10 years ago, my mentality, you know, it's really easy to get in a street fight because, like I said, it's emotionally driven. you get into a street fight or an altercation with someone on the outside, it's usually because they, they bumped you or said something the wrong way. And then there's anger, you know, and that anger is what will help guide anybody through. Like, oh, whatever, I'll beat anybody up. You know, that anger is driven did, uh, on, on your action. You know, you, you don't you don't have full control of what you're doing. Um, so. Man, my bad. I lost. I got a lost train <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean, let me turn it to Britain. Britain, I mean, no one better than you. I mean, you're crazy. You're crazy in the in the ring. Uh, you seem to be crazy outside, but you hold yourself to a high level of professionalism. No, are you a professional athlete or are you a prize fighter? You know, I really love this topic and I totally agree with Joey, like in the fact that, you know, that is the big difference. And it's kind of like you see it in football. Um, when people say, oh, I love college football way more because they're doing it for the for the hopes that they get to that next level in, in professional football. Then when you go and watch pro football, I mean, you still love it. I mean, I love pro football, but that that heart, that grit, that excitement is a little less um, than what you'd see, I think, in college is normally the controversial topic. So with that, you know. I do. I definitely get that, like that anger and passion, but that's the key word is, you know, dealing with that is passion and passion. You can't have one without the other. So if you're passionate about something, you can't just be love, 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 professional, professional all the time because it means something to you. So when someone questions it, you're like, whoa, whoa, I I worked hard. Like you, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes And, and it's very easy for us fighters to get hot-headed and I always take it as look you know we do want to control it but I've definitely been known for this in the ring you know just because we finished the fight that only established who's a better fighter it didn't establish the respect I didn't get my apology for you dissing my family my friends my work ethic when we get those apologies then we're professional. But other than that, the fight only solves who's the better fighter. It doesn't squash the disrespect. And that's what I always look at it. But when a fighter comes in it and looks at it, hey, this is an even playing field. This is where, you know, like Joey said, I'm not invisible. See me. Like, I'm on the same playing field. I'm not here for politics, robberies, reels, social media. I'm here to show that I put my heart, my body, my mind, everything on the line for your entertainment. See me and respect me. Joey, did you did you know that this champion bare knuckle fighter is so eloquent in her speech? Would you have known? Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it doesn't happen to many of us due to the blows of the face. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I do have to ask you, my friend. 
what was that guy's problem? I mean, he was coming at you hard uh, in the thing, the family, the what? Like, dude, you seem like the he, nicest guy. How did you rub this guy that badly? Well, I knew he was a, a, a crap talker, so we actually prepared for it. A lot of my teammates would, on a regular, when we're sparring, start talking smack. They would cross the. They would. They would try not to cross the line, but like my coach is like, cross the line, do it, because he's gonna do it. So, uh, it was. It was honestly, it wasn't hard to do. Yeah, uh, but he was. He was a pro. He he talked to me after he did. Give, he gave my wife and my kid an apology, and said uh-huh. he never meant any disrespect. And he said, but he's like, look, he's like, my shit talk got us over a million views. You know Dude, what I mean, and, and Joey, I, he sold the fight. He sold the fight. But so did you, Joey. I do want to say because yeah, for sure, I had to deliver on my end. No, you delivered on your end, but you delivered before it as well. Because I'll tell you, I reached out and I messaged you, and Joey. In all honesty, I did not know who you were before this, but I saw those videos. And I'm like, I love how this dude is reacting. I love the calmness. I love the composure. I loved how you were, were looking through it. And I messaged you and I said, you better kick this guy's ass. <laughs> right? And then yes, sure yes. enough, you did. And I'll tell you, you sold that fight as much as he did because of the professionalism that you displayed. I, I, I really for, believe that. For sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. I did. Yeah, no. Now, uh, one thing I, I, <laughs> I do have to comment. You are Puerto Rican French. You're a very mm-hmm. handsome gentleman, I'll tell you. Thank you. During the fight, Britain, I'm watching this guy's fight. His hair does not move at all. His hair is perfectly <laughs> styled the whole time. I mean, he's throwing punches, getting punched, but your, your hair was perfect, Joey. But you are not the best-looking person in the family. I understand your wife <laughs> is model of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah, she's, I got lucky. I got lucky. Bless <laughs> yeah. And I just have to add, as the co-host, you... Habla español or parlez-vous en français? Uh, Habla un poquito español. Muy, muy, eh, entiendo un poquito más, but I'm learning with my kids, you know. Ah, oh, very nice. And and how's your français? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? <All right. laughs> but you... I know. You, that's it. No? Okay, okay. You are, but you are very, uh, you are quite the family man. I saw that your son, uh, your son was in, in the uh, stadium watching you fight. Uh, what does it mean to you to have your family there and all that? I saw your wife uh, posted a very lovely video about her following you around the fight night and stuff like that. But what about you having your family there? Uh, it, that is huge support for me. You know, uh, means the world to me. I know some some fighters actually get distracted by some of that, you know, but uh, if anything, it feels like like an extra backbone, you know, like we're, we're going through everything together. Me and my wife have been through everything, you know, 13 years together. She's been through the lowest of my lows to uh, help guide me to the man I am today. Never gave up on me, so to have her there through my toughest mental um, journeys and battles and, and know that she'll still be there as support. That's great, man. And you're part of the silver silverback fight team, correct? Out in Florida? Uh, yeah, silverback fight teams in Las Vegas. Um, uh, and 
while I'm here in Florida, I think I might transition full time out here to Florida. I'm at Futures MMA. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so they both coach me. I'm still on on both teams, obviously. Awesome, um, but awesome. they get along great. They both think alike, so it's a perfect blend. That's awesome. Now, what, well, I can... city, what city, Florida, is that in? Fort Myers. Okay, very nice. All right. I can tell why you would want to move there. It looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a better. Not, I can't say better. Uh, okay. Not as crazy California. How about that? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Joey. What made you take the leap into the bare knuckle MMA and where can we see you next? Um, opportunity is the only reason. Um, I hadn't fought since July 1st. I spent seven years with Combate uh, Americas to Combate Global when they rebranded. And he came for this opponent for a bare knuckle. Money was right. Fight was right. Took the opportunity and believe it or not, some great things have come from this last fight and stay tuned. It will be with game bread again. Um, I'm not going to spoil the news yet, but look for July 20. I mean, sorry, January 20th. Big news. Awesome, dude. That is amazing. I'm so happy for you because I saw that you were taking some photos with game bread. You have, I mean, the fact that you guys sold that pay-per-view for me, right? I tuned in 1 million percent to watch your fight. So I can only imagine all the other people that did that. They've got to be respecting for you and what you did, the way you were fighting incredible, throwing the elbows like from death, man. It was amazing. Um, I'm very excited. When you announce it, please tag Fight Insight in the, in the post because I'd love to share that as much as I can. Forever, you are a friend of the podcast. I will always send out your stuff to everybody, let people know when and where you're fighting because I, I do want to promote you and, and help you get the following. There's a page I follow. It's called at MMA gains and they normally track fighters growth over time. Did you gain a lot over that weekend? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not too up to par in the social media world. Okay. I just kind of post my fights up, you know, and mainly it's family time and just train. So like, a lot of my training is in the darkness, you know, nobody really sees my progress or sees how much I'm doing, um, but I'm, I'm training five, six hours a day. Okay. You okay. Is it? Yeah, man. Okay. Well, I'm going to put your uh, Instagram handle down at the bottom uh, later on in the show. It's Joey L. Cazador. So make sure you go follow Joey if you're on audio only. It's at Joey L. Cazador. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Britton, before I let Mr. Joey go, uh, go, is there anything that you wanted to ask him or anything that you're interested in? Uh, you know, I just big shout out, mad respect. It's it's awesome to hear that fighters are like that. I feel like I'm one too. You know, when people talk shit or say something, I'm like, or talk about social media. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm training, working, living life out here. I don't know what the hell's going in here, but right, right. you know, it, it's, it's super awesome to see that you're, one of those role models that, hey, you stick to your grind, you stick to who you are, and those viral moments come naturally, and it comes to the real ones. So, and meeting opportunity, you know, I know bare knuckles sounds crazy. Trust me, I know. Maybe one day I'll break into MMA, but it's super cool to see, you know, guys like you just keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it is crazy. The two of you, two crazy bare knuckle fighters. Joey, I'm so happy for your success, man. I really, really am. I think that this is nothing but great news for you. I see you doing great things ahead. I mean, think about it from where you were, like you said, like a like a less mature man. Then now here you are breaking barriers, right? Breaking the news on, on Game Bread Bare Knuckle. It was, it was the best fight of the night by far. There you are, right? The star of it. Now, like you're saying, you're going to be back in in January. So, like, uh, there goes your Christmas, though, I guess, right? Like, no uh, no Christmas um, yeah. surprise. Yeah. You're right, man. I got my son's, <laughs> my middle son's birthday in the beginning of January. We got Christmas. And basically, fight camps already started yesterday. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, so, I do have to ask, how old was your son? He was present at your last fight, right? Yeah, he's he's 11. I have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. Wow. Yeah, so only my oldest went. I have news, too. And so I, when I heard that from you, I was like, wow, super inspiring. I have a nine-year-old daughter. She went to one of my fights already. It went wonderful. So, you know, what a testimony that, that some people are like, wow, you'd bring your children to this? It's like, why wouldn't I? It's my dream and what I'm working hard for. Why wouldn't I want them to see the success yeah. and what I put in? But I fight on the 29th, and my 13-year-old son is going to be um, there for the first time. He's never saw, he's never seen me fight a professional fight um, live, nor really has he on TV uh-huh. either. So I'm like, to me, when I heard it, I try to pretend like, yo, cool, great. But inside, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to do extra good. Like, I can't get mm-hmm. hit. I can't get touched because my son, he, he can't see that. Like, it, it's got to go down. It's got to be a quick one. <laughs> it will be a quick one, Bryn. But no, Joey, I mean, like, like, imagine as a child seeing your father, knowing all the training he does, knowing all that dedication, and then seeing it transpire as it did, right? Positively. I mean, win, lose, or draw, yeah. it's still lessons to be learned. But to see you go out there and be so successful and represent how you did, you are such a good role model, man, for, for your family and for other people and for other athletes. Like, really, really be proud of yourself, Joey. You're such a, you're such a polite man. Uh, I do want to ask you, I do want to ask you one question before I let you go. But before I ask my last question, uh, is there anything that you'd like to say to fans, viewers, and listeners of the podcast? Man, uh, now this has been a beautiful, horrible journey, you know, start to finish it. It definitely wasn't easy, but the process and seeing everything and it's beautiful. That's good, man. All right. My last question for you, Joey, and it's something that my mother used to ask me growing up all the time as a child, like almost every day she would ask me this at nighttime. Joey Rouquet, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? I'm a 10. Very nice. Can I ask you to expand a little bit upon it? Um, well, a matter of taking the actual time to fix all of my personal life problems, you know, uh, trying to be a better father, trying to be a better husband, trying to be a better fighter, be more dedicated to what I eat, what I train, how I speak, how I, how I am and, uh, my faith with God and, and just bringing it all together all in one. It has put me like, I don't look at the things I don't have. I look at everything I do have do have and i'm in a a perfect spot i'm in 
10,000 times a better spot than I was last year and a million times better than I was the year before that. Like, I've just been slowly climbing up. I've been proclaiming that this is my year, this is my year, and then, like, it wouldn't happen. And then I'm like, oh, this is my year, this is my year, and it wouldn't happen. And now I look at it, and for the past six years, every year has been my year. I learned something new that year. I progressed here this year. This And I was like, okay, every year was my year. It just wasn't what I expected. Where I am now, man, I'm just super freaking blessed. Super happy. 10 out of 10. That's awesome, Joseph. Thank you so much, Joey. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on this podcast. I hope that you don't drown getting from your car to the gym. <laughs> but uh, right. Thank you so, so much, Joey. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to speak with you. Uh, you are the man. I will follow you forever. Let the fans know. Again, he's at Joey El Cazador on Instagram. Go follow him. This guy deserves your attention. He's a great, great guy. Joey, thank you so much. See you again. Yeah, this is a pleasure. Take care, Joey. See ya. All right. Wow. What a cool guy. It's what so awesome cool, to hear. What I love cool that. The 10 out of 10, you know, it's, it's like, you know, someone said to me, like, what's your perfect day? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who I am. What is your perfect day? And someone said, you know what? A perfect day can just be, hey, I'm above ground. I'm not in jail. I'm not in bed in my deathbed. And that to a lot of people is the perfect day. Yeah. I mean, it is so important, you know, um, I do want to say and condolences, um, terrible to bring this up, but I feel like it's really important. But today on one FC's Instagram page, uh, Angela Lee, unstoppable Angela Lee released a video. Did you happen to see it? Or do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Okay. This is very sad, but I do want to say this because I, you know, I want to wish them well, but, um, Victoria Lee, her sister passed away. I think it was, uh, December 26th last year, they never said anything about it. Um, so I was always worried that it was suicide and, Angela Lee, her sister, champion, um, Adam Way champion of 1FC, came out today with a video on 1FC talking about her situation, that she had tried to commit suicide several years before and then did um, confirm that her sister was uh, passed due to suicide last year. And so she released a video that was trying, like, that was really inspiring in its way, right? To say, Hey, people go look forward. And she has this organization that she's, that she's bringing up and stuff like that, um, called fight stories, I believe. So I do want to wish them well. I know they'll never see this, but it breaks your heart because, you know, you're talking here about people that just want to get up in that morning. And that's a lot what that video was. I watched it today and it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking because you're like, that is terrible. You know, it um, is. And a lot of people don't know what you go through. And, and, yeah. and some of the happiest smiling people are the ones that are, you know, they're they're trying to put it on because they're breaking inside. And it's the only way they know how to. And that's right. You know, it, it's just it's it's really important for us as like fellow human beings to like pay attention to that. And 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 just like you said, hey, they might never see it. But I mean. We're thinking about them. We're, you're important. You're special. And so yeah. many people think that they're alone and that they're not and no one cares about them. And, and we do. We do. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just waking up and seeing that and being reminded of that. And I'm reminded of that every day. I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect. I have my own struggles. I've had my own vulnerabilities that I share and, and it's needed. It, the, the world needs real versions of people, whether it's dark and gloomy or happy. The real version you know, always kind of, it opens our eyes to what's really happening. Yeah, 
It really is. Bryn, you're so well-spoken. The last time I had you on, I, I found it hard to like just find some clips to put out because everything you said was so poetic. Uh, but I appreciate everything you say. Look, um, last week on the podcast, we had a young girl, uh, Maria Favela, Mexican fighter, who just beat cancer. And her wow. story, her story was incredibly motivating, you know, and it was so touching. Like I'm, I'm listening to it back and, you know, so I wish her the best. And then sometimes when I'm doing the interviews or the podcast, I can't really hear everything that's being said. You know what I mean? Because you're, yeah. my brain's going all over the place, but sometimes I listen to it back and I'm like, holy moly, you know, like just the stories are crazy, but yeah, like people, we always talk about in this podcast about just be a good person, you know, be a good person, try to spread positivity, try to be positive with one another because there's so much negativity in the world you know um i do want to say we do a fan we do a friends of the podcast update britain we have mentioned you on it many times with all your successes since you were last on uh but uh friends of the podcast update i want to give a shout out to rageworksnetwork.com that's where we you can find us and other great net uh, other great podcasts rageworksnetwork.com I do want to say last weekend at UFC, Lupi Godinez and Kyle Nelson fight in sight went two for two. Both of our former guests got their wins. So congratulations. Uh, congratulations to the people that messaged me that said they did what they called the fight in sight parlay and they picked all our former guests and they won big money. So that was pretty good. Britain, uh, smiling Sam Alvey, you know, smiling Sam, right? Yeah. Did you see that he won at karate combat? Yeah, that was awesome. Big congrats. What the, what the I know. This dude knocks the guy out. Like, <laughs> insane. This guy's career is now turning around after an amazing UFC career, no doubt, but, you know, yeah. lost quite a few. Now he's turned around. He won his MMA fight when he came back and now karate combat. He's out there knocking dudes out. So couldn't, couldn't happen to a better hard, dude. But it's so cool to see people like that. Like, I always loved watching Wonder Boy. You wouldn't see people like that in the different, the arts, you know. Yeah. And uh, karate not being one of the really popular ones, it's super cool when you have those people that spark it back and give it that that surge of juice again to make it relevant. It looks so 80s, right? Like, it looks like such an 80s action movie because, the the like, they have no cage, no ring, right? It's just that weird, like, pit that they're in. Yeah. It looks yeah. amazing. Like, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Like I wanna, I wanna fight in that. I see that all the time. Or like the the with the sandbags around. I'm like, I don't want to fight in a ring. I want to fight in the sandbags. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Hey, go tell BKFC to set that up. Uh, and then I do want to give a shout out to myself. I'm gonna be Britain. I'm gonna be commentating my first ever event down at Fight League Atlantic in Nova Scotia at the end of the month. So I have confirmed it. I'm gonna be down there for their. They have a BJJ event on the Friday, and then they have their MMA event on the Saturday. I'm gonna be doing some commentating on the Friday, and then on the Saturday, I think I'm gonna be doing like in crowd interviews for them during the pay per view, and maybe doing some like fighter interviews and stuff. So I'm very happy and excited to get that opportunity. So thank wow. you. Yeah. Congrats. Big there shout you. out to you. Ah. We're all leveling up. Teamwork hey. to the dream work. There you go. There you go. And then, of course, Bryn, uh, who would I be if I did not mention your fight? You said it already, but here we go. Boom. September 29th. You are the main event. Bryn Hart putting your title on the line. Strawweight championship. Bryn, this is going to be a slaughter. I mean, you know, I, I always feel that way in my head. I'm going in, you know, no matter what. But it is a very important fight. And I think, you know, some people, you know, I, I kind of love 
piggybacking off of our previous guest with Joey, um, you know, like I never underestimate anything. Like some of the things I move in the silence, I went to the gym, I got mad and someone said I was underestimating this girl. I was like, oh, what? You mean I'm busting my ass and working out two times a week? Or like, not two times a week, two times a day. <laughs> two times <laughs> so a I week. Really Calm understand. down, Britton. Calm down. <laughs> Two times a day to be underestimating someone, I'm like, I'm the nerve. And they're like, well, it does look like you're having a lot of fun on social media. I'm like, does it? Does it? Well, I just, that's just me. But I'm not going to post. I don't post my, my sparring videos or my gym workout. Why? Because I don't want people to do what I do because it's, you know, it, it's driven me to my success, my work ethic and, and the drills I do. Like, that's my secret recipe. You're going to have to pay me to put that on there. So anyways, yeah. I'm very excited for this fight. Um, everything's a slaughter in my mind. It doesn't matter who it is. So whether it's, you know, if you say the wrong thing to me or step up to me in the ring, you know, I'm, I'm easily offended. <laughs> Bryn, you've been looking amazing though in your fights and just and not saying this because you are here with me and I am scared of you, but you have been leveling up every fight. Yeah, you. but you've been leveling up every fight. You've been looking sharper. You've been looking crisper, right? And then uh, can I say you've been looking more jacked? Like in your videos, you, you look physically much stronger? Right. I know it's, it's really weird hearing these compliments. Cause like, I love them. And, but they're but sometimes I'm like, what? Like, wow. Yeah. Great. You actually look like a fighter now. Whoa. Whoa. I did, oh, it. Hey. I did it three years ago. What? But they're like, no. And I, I get what they're saying. I, I'm jokes, you know, I'm, you know, that's just me and everyone who knows me always sees that, but I have been working really hard and it's a reflection. And I love seeing the transformation in my skills, how I look, how I carry myself, um, how I speak, you know, it's about being well-rounded in the ring yeah. and outside the ring and, and it all kind of intertwines. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I love where I'm at and I want to keep it that way. And I know that I can never be stagnant or plateau to keep what I have. I have to always evolve. And so I'm always looking for that every single day, digging down as deep as I can, whether it, you know, be, it might be very unorthodox, but I think that's what works. I think that's what's keep me from being burnt out. I think it's what keeps me right. fresh and young and active. I love cross training. As long as it's something being fit, being active, being healthy, whatever that might include, as long as you're doing those things, I mean, it, it's going to keep you engaged in, in whatever your passion is. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, if you're not following Britain Hart, you're crazy. Your Instagram is at team Britain Hart. You got to follow uh, Britain for sure. Right. That is, that is yeah. a no brainer. Um, I do want to say, uh, your fight coming up. I did have some questions come in for you. Uh, how do you feel knowing you're like the best in the world? And that uh, is from you know, our friend at Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> she is my serious lighthouse. You know, again, going in and making everything full circle, you know, not some days aren't as easy and smiley as they are now. They, it's only this way because I'm talking to you and you're, you're great, but uh, you know, and it's those things that keep me energized. If I didn't have people telling me that, yeah. You know, sometimes I forget it. So, but there's every once in a while I'll get on my stuff where I'm just driving. I'm like, yeah, 
I'm a boss. I'm a CEO. Like nobody beats me. And then there's some days where I'm like, oh my God, what, what if that lucky punch lands? What if this, what if that, you know? And I think it's all very healthy. It's very real and very honest. But to me, I really, um, when I get caught up in those moments, I look at really what I've been through and what I've done in my whole 33 years of living. And I'm telling you, I'm wiser than I look because the years I've lived, I'm really like 60. So hmm. old soul, old soul. <laughs> it uh, makes me, man. I, I really feel like, yeah, there's nobody and there's nobody like me. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not being like uh, conceited or arrogant, but I, I just want to have that message and pass it to everyone. You know, it's not just me. It's you too watching, you know, this podcast or listening. Nobody is you. No one has done what you've done. No one's been through what you've done. There is nobody that can do what you do. And you got to remember that. And when you really look at and think of the things that you've done in your life and, and even if they weren't perfect, we learn from it, we grow from it. And for me, I, I just, yeah, I really feel like, you know, I'm truly one of a kind. I feel like I'm a dying rare breed in, in this world that's that's changed. And especially after COVID, just to see people, um, their their demeanor, how they act, like their work ethic. The, and just in the, the presence of social media, it's not a bad thing, but it's like, you know, you see so many people that feel entitled to, to certain things without really working for it. And hey, as long as you have 101,000 followers on Instagram, you know, you're good. It doesn't matter if you get knocked down and, and quit in the middle of a fight. Your followers say you're good. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things to know that now nah, I really, I talk the talk and I walk that walk and I live the life that I preach about. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel like this fight, I'm definitely is the most important, most crucial fight of my whole fight career because I'm going to go out there and let the whole world know, not that they know who I am, that I know who I am. And right. I'm a boss. Damn right. But, you know, like, and, and it is so important. Like, I love what you said about the social media stuff. I could talk for hours about how messed up that has made our world. You know, like all these people with these thousands and thousands of followers that do it for that gratification, yet in all honesty, what they're putting out there is so vanilla. It's so, it's just carbon copies of the next thing. And in reality, I don't even know how some of these people are like proud of what they're putting out because they're just like cutting and pasting stuff. I'm like, I don't, you know, it's so weird that you're getting some sort of satisfaction from that, but I don't see them putting in real work or real effort. You know what I mean? Like, so it is really important, like you said, to be true to yourself, do what you're doing, be authentic to yourself. And then be proud of that. You don't need millions of followers to justify what's making you feel good. You know, Bryn, you know how many times I get people say to me like, oh, you're stupid podcast and nobody cares about your podcast, whatever. My response to them every time is I don't I'm not doing this for followers. I'm doing this so that I can have a good time and that I can meet people that I admire and people that I like and people that become true friends. And and I do it to give those people an opportunity to shine and for them to feel good, for them to get their story out, right? Like I'm not doing it so that someone else can like it per se. If you want to like it, that's great. And I found people that do like it, but this is for me. Like I'm not making any money off this. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing this for the fun of it and for the enjoyment and to, and to, and to have, let other people have enjoyment as well. Exactly. And I just right? really, it's so weird that people don't get that. Data. 
why yeah it's like if you don't like it like don't don't say anything like just don't follow it like this yeah. is exactly like this is something bringing us together or hey you know one of my most favorite quotes in the world is that you know you can change the world and changing the world sometimes is just one person. It really is. Yeah. And we lose yep. focus on that. If you could, one person hears this and something hits with them, they're like, whoa. And it changes their course of action, their cha- their 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 life. You know, it's very powerful. And the, the power of words and what we attach to it, it's a very real thing. And if you can do that, I mean, just think that silly podcast or stupid podcast somebody said was like, well, wow, was it really stupid? Because- Somebody messaged me and said it changed their life and gave them a new a new look and perspective at life. So really, you know, any any millionaire or successful person would never hate on someone who's putting their first yeah. little podcast out because that's how we all get started. You know, with fashion, if, if that's how we all get started, it might be a total wash. But it's those who pick up through their trials and their failures and learn from it. Those are really the successful ones. So we just got to fight through it and sharing, you know, it happens to the best of us. Trust me, you get it every day too. And it's, just, <laughs> it's been a process to let it just be like, oh, I get why they're saying that. And it's okay. I'm on the right track. Yeah, exactly. And then what, you know, you got to, you got to do it for you. Uh, Britain, I did have one topic that I kind of wanted to touch on today because otherwise this is just going to be a super positive podcast, which is great. <laughs> But I did want to touch on one thing which is going crazy right now, which is the, uh, did you by chance watch the Alexa Grasso versus Shevchenko fight? I absolutely did. I'm actually a big fan of Grasso. And I'm actually going to be wearing funny, again, wild out like the universe works. Like this is all coming full circle. So her organization, In Your Corner, which is a organization that helps um, PTSD awareness. I'm actually wearing her logo on my trunks on the 29th. Very nice. Yeah, who would have known? I'm super sorry, and I have to give a an apology to her that I didn't post her fight, nor did I really. She knows, I think, deep down, you know, I didn't really give her congratulations because I'm sure I know how it is. She's being blown up out yeah. of the water. Um, so I'll let the dust die down, but, you know, I'm in her corner, and and that's the best I can do. Sometimes maybe I don't have to say the, the thanks or, or congrats, but she's going to see her logo on my trunks. Just because, you know, she didn't pay me for it or anything like that. I want to do it because I believe in her. I believe nice. in her mission. I believe in her story. And her story impacted me. And I really haven't even told her exactly what it means because it's something that I kind of, I just don't have words for yet. But I can show with action and having her logo on my trunks is super symbolic to me. And I uh, I hope to her too. And she doesn't have to give me a message or send me anything. We just, we just know, you know, we yeah, get that yeah. feeling. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And say the name of it again so that people know. In the, your corner. In your corner. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I will look that up for sure. And it's on, it's on her page too. So, you know, I, I'm not, and I apologize. It's, it's been a lot with me um, with Fight Camp, but um, if you go to her page, it's definitely the link is at the top, and it will definitely be in mine. It'll be on my post too. I put okay. it every once in a while, but I feel like if you people look up in your corner, it should pop right up. It's got an awesome logo. The logo is badass. So <laughs> marketing is freaking, but the mission that the mission is what's important, and, yeah. and just know going and tie, tying in with the suicide with people that say every year this is my year and and sometimes we don't feel it is hey 
keep fighting the good fight. We're in your corner. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to look that up as soon as I get off this. Of course, my yeah, internet's going Yeah, she definitely won if we're going into that topic. If we're being okay. controversial, having so, funny, she won. It was a great yeah. fight, though. Hell of a fight. Entertaining and action. and I loved it, but I, I definitely think she had the win. Who would, I mean, to think about how people thought Shevchenko was unbeatable, untouchable at that weight class. Look and then for, and for little Alexa Grasso to go in there and beat her the first time and then do what she did in the second fight was amazing, right? Incredible. Just but the, showed the power of here. Yeah, that's, that's what that girl has. People were saying, like, when you just looked at her face and how, like, calm she was when she was, you know, she was in a choke or she was in a bad position. Emotion never changed. Focused, yeah. driven, just knew what she had to do. Never, never panicked, right? Amazing performance. Absolutely. The the drama though, Britain, is people are going crazy over that 10-8 round in the fifth. That's a tough one. Now, one mind you, one judge gave Grasso the win. So to me, it was so weird that people were going crazy over the 10-8 round. Right. Versus just getting mad that the judge gave it to Grasso flat out. But yeah. okay. Like, but okay, fine, right? I feel like it's almost like because that scorecard was read last. That it, it, like, it alters things a bit. It, right? It, it if you that gave that one vote. first, if you did that one first and said 48-48, 49-48 Shevchenko, or 47-46 Shevchenko, and then 47-46 Grasso, I feel like people would have been more mad at the Grasso scorecard than the draw. But for some reason, all the all the pressure's on the draw, Right. Yeah. Mind you, that judge that gave it, former guest of the podcast, Judge Mike Bell, great dude. Okay, go watch his podcast on here because he is nowhere around online. Um, right. He refused to do interviews and stuff like that after this fight, obviously, because when he came on our podcast, he said, I'm not talking about any of my scores in the past. I'm talking about judging and blah, 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 but he would not talk. So it is not weird for anybody that thinks, oh, why won't he come out? He never does. No yeah. judges do that I really why? know. Why would they? It would be, I mean, smart move. It would be like kind of career suicide. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Because what are you going to say? Someone's going to take something wrong. They're going to back you into a corner and you're going to get pushed in a weird spot. Always. So I, so I did some research into a 10-8 round. And so I'm just going to educate people a little bit here, Britain. And then we'll see what you have to say as well. But I did want to let people know that you have to look up the rules around scoring. And there's the unified MMA rule. So you can look it up online. What's important is that they changed it in 2017. They changed the rules. And they explicitly explain what a 10-10 round is, a 10-9 round is, a 10-8 round is. And then in 2017, they I believe that's when they added more detail around a 10-7 round. And I think in 2017, there was the idea that there'd be a push towards a little bit more 10-8s than there were with the super rare 10-7. Yes. is a, a clear domination. It, it's clear, flat out, like ruining the person. It's like watching a Britain Hart fight. So, 
So a 10-8 round, if you read into it, and I won't bore people, but please do take a look into it, okay? So a 10-8 round talks about things, and it uses certain words. It says a 10-8 round in MMA is not the most common score a judge will render, but it is absolutely essential to the evolution of the sport and the fairness of the fighters that judges understand and effectively utilize the score of 10-8. A 10-8 does not require a fighter to dominate their opponent for five minutes of a round. So there you go right away. That's like half the internet shut up. Because right. that's their argument going, well, she was losing the first half, blah, blah, blah. There you go. Yeah, so take says, downs, you know, you get three takedowns at the end. Well, so then it's, so they say it does not require them to dominate for all five minutes of round. The score of a 10-8 is utilized by the judge when the judge sees verifiable actions on the part of uh, either fighter. Judges shall always give a score of 10-8 when the judge has established that one fighter has dominated the action of the round, had duration of the domination, blah, blah. Judges may consider giving a score of 10-8 when a fighter shows dominance in the round, even though no impactful scoring against the opponent was achieved. It's very confusing as you read through it, but it goes through different words. And the key words is impact, dominance, and duration. So it talks about those three things. And then, so... The fact of the matter is the 10-8 rounds exist and it is encouraged in the new rules. The fact that Judge Mike Bell gives it a 10-8 round and that 10-8 rounds aren't common is not his problem, right? That's, That's how he more saw it. It's how he saw it. It's how he saw it. Remember, a judge is by themselves in one spot. They're not sitting with the other judges. They don't collude with the other judges. They're on their own. He sees it how he sees it. Remember, he is in Mexico. So he's hearing every time Grasso does something. I'm going to put some pictures up on the screen very quickly, Britton, for those that are watching. Here's generally the end. At 1 minute 23 is when Grasso kind of takes her down. 1 minute 23 left in the round. That's when she takes her down and starts pummeling her. 106, pummeling her. And then as it gets down there, there's a little banner there. I apologize. But as it gets down there, it's 48 seconds left in the round. That's when she's got the rear naked choke. At 25 seconds left in the round, that's when she's pulled her down to her back. So it's that whole sequence that essentially Judge Mike Bell essentially is giving that 10-8. Because that was a very thorough beating for that last bit in the fight. What's amazing is I found an article on Bloody Elbow from 2017 when the new rules came out they're interviewing mike bell about the rules and the interview goes through and and it's his interpretation of it and so he's quoted here as saying the interpretation of a large margin varied under the old criteria as a result of this 10-8 rounds were rarely being scored because several judges were looking for all the factors combined domination damage and duration those rounds should have been scored 10-8 in both the new and old criteria. The new criteria, though, opens consideration up to rounds that may not have all those factors and possibly only one of them. So back in 2017, it was already happening where the 10-8 round was supposed to be a little bit more. Right. So it's interesting. And then he goes on to talk about it. Uh, They give some examples of 10-8 rounds, but It's very interesting if you read this article, again, on Bloody Elbow, uh, where he talks about it. And he says, uh, not the win a signing one. Hold on here. I have one good quote here. Uh, We should close the book. The education process will be continuing, but there does need to be a fighter 
There, sorry, but there does not need to be a fighter beating the hell out of another to render a 10-8. We just need to determine what is a large margin of winning each round. The factors described, blah, blah, blah. The, determ- the interpretation of a large margin varied, as I said, blah, blah, blah. So he's saying it doesn't have to be a slaughter for all five minutes. It has to be something that makes you want a 10-8. Yeah, and that's what sucks is what you say. You keep using this word, and that's why I just like, ah, oh, it's just fighting, which is probably why we love talking about it so much. It's interpretation. You know, it's not yeah. like football or basketball where it's points, and, you know, it's it's interpretation, and and eh, sometimes it sucks. You know, it's interpretation can be so vast. You know, I know on what stuff is, and I hate it. You know, so many, but we got to learn that as fighters, and we got to learn that as fans, and we got to learn that as students of the game. Like, I used to complain about it all the time. I punched this girl 30 times, but you know, I'm like, do, do, do. I'm definitely scoring points, but judges score on critical damage. So when she hits me one time and it, it cuts me, Ooh, now I'm bleeding. Ooh, that hurt. No one cares that I punched her 30 times. They just see the one punch that hurt. And right. uh, I, I complained about it. And someone put it really, really firmly, but, but you know, effectively to me. Like, well, if you know that's what judges are scoring, why don't you stop hitting them 30 times and hit them one good time? I was like, wow, when you put it like that, I guess. Why didn't I think of that? interpretation (laughs) yeah so you know you just as a fighter sometimes it sucks like we have these game plans and we think of what we want to do to win the fight but is it what the judges think is going to win the fight is it what the crowd is going to think win the fight and that all like you said you brought up you know in mexico mexicans and you know their fighting style is way different and so to please that crowd they don't want to see people that are smooth and they want to see you know you getting in there and slugging it out where you know people up in up north and you know in philly they like that that show they like the yeah they they don't care that you don't throw punches if you move your head a bunch you're winning you know yeah Yeah. it is it's very different uh now i want to move on to mr alan joubin you know him, the uh, the Uf- ex-UFC guy. He's a commentator, very handsome dude. Alan Jobin, he was online, and he starts making the argument that only pro fighters should be judges. Only pro fighters should be referees. Now, yeah. uh, we talk about that all the time. Oh, do my you? gosh. I have... So I don't know. It sounds. It looks like we're going to differ on this. One thing I just wanted to point out to Mr. Alan Joban, I invited him to the podcast. He conveniently responds to me on everything else but my request to come on the podcast. But uh, Mr. Alan Joban, from what I could tell from research, some of this is a couple years old based on like data. Only three or four of the 70 referees in NHL are former players. Only three of the 121 NFL referees are former players. Only seven of the, I couldn't figure this out. I'm thinking it's probably about a million FIFA soccer referees. Only seven are former players. Yeah, definitely. That percentage we're talking is like a couple percent, one percent, less than one percent. 
It's very small. So when you look at referees and judges in MMA, like, you know, we can pretty much like pick them all out of a lineup, right? There's not that many. No, but I I get and I hear that. And that's such a smart, like, definitely a great on the other end of the, the, like, you know, I guess the argument, what we're in in an all friend, friendly banter, you know, is all look at that. Look at my Evie. It goes back to being like, wow, again, this is fighting. Like this is combat sports. It's interpretation. Now football and soccer and hockey, guess what? You know, when the Panthers run it down and get a touchdown and then, you know, the Falcons go and they high step it in. The referee doesn't go, wow, you high stepped it in. You know what? You get the extra point, extra point. already there because you high stepped it in. And the other one's like, well, wait a minute. We scored a touchdown too. Yeah, but you just ran it in. Mm, you know, so boring. That's, that's the difference right there is that boxing, MMA, you know, these, uh, it, it's not – Oh, they scored a point. They scored a point. It's it's so many different variables and interpretation of ground control, dominance, a, effective aggression, critical right. hits, a number of punches. You know, do we include defense? Like, do we include style points? Like, so well, wait, 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 hold on. So are so are you saying that my research was pointless because you're saying those those sports are more rule based, very strict rules, whereas fighting is more interpretation. That's what you're saying. Well, that's good. I, mean, I like I that. Think, I think it's like it's, but I mean, again, it's it's about perspective and why we we have these conversations. Because when I hear what you said, I was like, wow, that's really like that would make me be like, well, that makes sense. You're right. And then I'm like, wait a minute, but it's mm. a, it's a really great you know counter um, argument for fighters being judges. But it's like, but but this is totally like we're in such a different realm with the scoring. It's not like hockey. Puck goes into the goal. Soccer ball goes into the goal. Basketball goes into the goal. It's like, well, damn, the punch went into the mouth. Winner, you know, like it doesn't. <laughs> I wish it did work that way. Yeah, but, you know what? That's Britain. You're uh, damn it. You you've changed my mind immediately on this. I was ready. <laughs> I was I was ready to bring Alan Joban take him to school. But no, you're right. right because you're saying it's the person who understands how to interpret it a little bit better. Now, mind you. Chris Lieben, the crippler, he is now yeah. a judge and a referee, and he did his very first pro event uh, just a couple of weeks ago in California at Up Next Would Fighting. Was he a good one? Is he good? Yeah, I didn't see I that, think so. I know him. So, so I, I I heard he did very well. My normal uh, my normal co-host, Rain Cruz, she was, con- she was announcing at that event, and then so she met him. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, he's a really nice guy. He did a good job. She didn't know who he was. I'm like, that guy's insane. He's like amazing. <laughs> she goes, oh, he just seemed like a nice referee. I don't know. Uh, Frank Trigg, he's also doing it. He's doing the thing. He's doing it at the professional level. So there are fighters that are getting in there. We interviewed Joe Daddy Stevenson, who just went through the course as well and is it doing himself. Britton, one concern of mine, what about bias, though? If you're if you're a former fighter, you've been in camps, you've been with teams, are you worried then that, you know, another MMA Masters guy or a I former think it MMA needs to Masters be like, guy? It needs to be like the workforce, you know, when you fill out these applications. Have you previously worked for this? Do you have any family members? Conflict you know, of interest. It's, 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 and I think, you know, with judges, you know, if I, if I was going to go and, you know, per, 
present my case in front of a judge. If that judge is my family member or knows me, he should take the, the, the responsibility in the yeah. code of ethics and say, I know this fighter, I can't ref it. And I've heard some referees do that. They say, hey, I have a personal attachment to this fighter. I can't ref this match. Yeah. And you know, that's what just has to be done. And, and you know, so many people can make the rebuttal. Well, well who's going to say that? It's a, it's a very political, messy world dealing in combat sports. But then it's the due diligence of the other fighter. If the other fighter says, hey, wait a minute. I know these guys have trained together. I've seen them on social media. This is a conflict yeah. of interest. I think that's what the commission is for. That's what the Florida Boxing Commission is for. That's what Florida, you know, Virginia, Texas, every state has their commission that that that's that's their job is to make sure that the right officials are in place, the right judges are in place, and that all the rules are being followed to the best of our ability. Now to say something doesn't fall through the cracks that happens but it happens in every field every workforce you know even yeah. you know dance ballet they have that that corruption so <laughs> yeah anyway you know, my my world. local my local tennis team full of corruption yeah. you know like any any oh those bastards anywhere <laughs> that anywhere that there's somewhere that can gain power there's going to be some attempt at corruption or whatever that's fine but dang it Bryn, you are you're killing it today with the arguments uh, I remember Joe Daddy Stevenson when I asked him that same question because he's coming up. I said, "Well, what about the bias?" You know, he said that he uh, to himself made the promise that he would never referee or judge someone that he cornered. That was where yeah. he drew the line. He said, "Well, if I've cornered them, that makes me too close." He goes, "If I've trained with them and all that, they've been on my team. Uh, that's fine. I can still do my job as a professional." I, I re- like he, he was like, why would I ever put my career as a professional on the line? Like if I'm doing this is just to be proper and to think like, why would I want that to happen to someone else? Right. So it's like, even Steven, you know what I mean? I have to uphold myself, but he said he would recuse himself if it was someone that he had cornered, but you're right. The commissions can make all those rules and, and set the boundaries and say, okay, well, this is, you know, this is how many degrees of separation you need to be for you to do an event. And look, at every event, there's multiple referees, multiple judges. We can figure the shit out. Yeah, absolutely. Damn it. Britain, I came in thinking, no, stupid Alan Joubert, you're wrong. Anybody can do it. But I like it. You're right. I don't want to fire all the current people. <laughs> it's just you know, to, to put it, to, to also put it clearly, Herb Dean trains jujitsu. Judge Mike Bell, he trains jujitsu. These guys are not unknowledgeable about martial right. arts you know what i mean now to say yeah, what is a professional fight some of them well they're really all are, like you know? and we're all open to human error right totally. not to say that his call was an error I, I i don't you know what i mean i watched i watched the fifth round again today before this podcast and i watched it on mute to try to yes avoid the sound or the or the or the commentary to bias me i will admit she won that round. I did think she won the fight. I think she won three rounds to two, but it is tough for me to give that one a 10, eight, you know, right. um, especially at the end, when you go back to those pictures that I put up the last 20 seconds or whatever, when, uh, so on the bottom right there, that photo, those last like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, although, uh, Shevchenko's getting choked, she's punching her in the face from behind. And I know it's not great, but she's still doing something. Like she's right. not just defending, like she's still freaking dealing damage, if anything. So it's tough to call that. But uh, I did want to stick up for my friend, Judge Mike, though. I do yeah. think, hey, 
people understand that the rules change in 2017, understand, go read, go educate yourselves and go read on the rules before you just start making blind comments, understanding that it does not take full domination of five minutes. Go check out that interview on Bloody Elbow with Judge Mike Bell because they specifically talk about it. I think that's fantastic. And then come up with your decision. But I stand by my friend, Judge Mike Bell. I, I like the dude and I, and I think he made the best decision in his, in where he could from the position he was in the standing that he was. I think he made the best call. We can't hurt on it. And you know what? I don't think a champion should lose their belt on such a close fight. You know what I mean? To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yes. And then so many people say that. So, you know, again, we all have our little opinions and, and that's what makes it fun. As long as we can, we can argue it and discuss our points of view in respectful ways. What we see isn't what other people see. And we all need to just, you know, understand that and, and find the best way to talk about it. It was an entertaining fight and their names are being talked about. They are both warriors and the, the, the rep is going to, is going to live to rep another day. So everybody life goes on. I know. Britain. I've kept you way too long. Thank you so, so much. I can't believe you answered the call. You were the perfect co-host for Joey, but you're a fantastic co-host. Are you going to start your own podcast or what's going on? I know. I really always think about it. I've started this like new little Britain Heart Diaries on my Instagram that kind of go and shed some light. I don't want to talk about it right now. We'll be here another hour, but you know, kind of shed the light on like, yeah, I post things me having fun, this, that, you know, because that's what we're supposed to do. No one wants to see the sad, hard shit. But my my diaries sometimes talk about what really is going on. And so um, I kind of like that aspect. But, you know, I, I got up to um, day 15. I did it 15 days in a row. And then I missed two days. So my thing is, is like, ah, <laughs> my schedule is too hectic to keep Consistency. up with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't miss it. If I did a podcast, I'd be like, yeah, my podcast is every Tuesday. And then I'd be like, ooh, it's Tuesday. Rock climbing. Sorry. Bye, guys. <laughs> Next Tuesday. Yeah. And then it's a year later. Oh, God yeah. dang. I got to get to episode three by now. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, look. I'll just be on yours and that's, it's good enough for me. I appreciate you so much. You don't understand how much people loved you the last time. I know they'll love you this time. You have a fantastic following Britain. Um, like your social media has gone better and better since I met you the first time. I feel like your social media is better and better. It is, it is very cool. It is, uh, it is PG 13. Like it's not crazy. It's nothing too, you know, risque, but it's, you know, for the, for the dudes, it's a good, Instagram to follow, yeah, exactly. but for everybody, Every for everybody, while, you got to be like, oh yeah, you thought, boom, <gasps> what? <Yeah. laughs> okay, wait, 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 too much. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, but you, no, but you are killing it in the social media space. You're killing it in the fight game, uh, man. I'm so happy to to have seen you again, to talk to you again. I think you you destroyed me on all these topics, so I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. September twenty ninth, twenty seventh. 29th. 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 Okay. Shh. Britain, I will be cheering from you from Nova Scotia while I'm there doing the event. It's a little bit earlier there. So I will finish up my commentating at FLA Kumite 5. And then I will flip over to my BKFC app, which of course I have. And I will watch you kick some ass. Britain awesome. Hart, you're the absolute best. Before I let you go, is there anything that you want to say to fans, viewers, and listeners? I just thanks for, you know, support and, and spread that positivity any way you can. 
you know, I, I think that this has been an awesome podcast. Thanks for having me on. Definitely follow our Instagrams and Spotify accounts and all the links are going to be attached to this. Please show your love. It really means a lot. Even though I said following doesn't matter, doesn't, you know, but. <laughs> well, I'll delete that out. I'll delete that out. Follow. That's all that matters. Follow. God damn. I said it doesn't matter, but really, you know, it matters when it's positive. Yeah. So. It, it's a it's a great thing and it's just a small gesture you can do to give to someone who's trying to change their life and it's just you know hit that um i try to be as as different and fun and and real and you never know what you're gonna see on my page you never know what you're gonna hear on your page so just follow us and if anything if you need a friend to go get an awesome smile i know a place in colombia i can be your bodyguard and go to so hit me up or dr diego diaz um get that passport and go travel and you know what take your chance and opportunity in life too and do what you want to do Britton, I saw you and Andy the Crasian go out there and get your teeth done. And I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know if you want to think, but gosh dang, they are uh, pearly white. If you're if you're only on audio, come over and take a look. They're pearly white. Uh, right? They look good. <laughs> All right. People are like, you need to start drinking coffee. They're too white. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, they don't stain. No, stain. <laughs> no, no, it looks good. It looks good. Uh, Britton, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, if, if you're on audio, it's going to end here. But if you're on video, I'm going to put a couple of posts, uh, a couple of videos on here that you can click on. I'll probably put the Joe Daddy Stevenson one on. So that should probably be around there. And then uh, I'll put the Mike Bell one over there. So go check those out. Britton Hart, thank you so much. Go kick ass. I, I'm so happy to see you again. Thank you so much. Likewise. Talk